Salutations! And welcome to the 65th episode of the In The House podcast. Yeah, the official podcast of Scouts' House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am... I'll tell you the truth. I'm subdued to be here tonight. Uh, you know, we're we're not coming off of our best gameplay. Uh, we're there. There's there's a general sense of malaise amongst the fan base right now, and so uh, you know that's fine. That is what it is. Uh, they haven't been playing great, and there's no way around that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, I am Evan Floyd. I'm an employee of Louisville City Football Club, and any of the opinions I express are mine alone and not necessarily reflect the team or our sponsors or our partners. Uh, so if I go off on any tangents this time, please really keep in mind that uh, <laughs> I'm doing this podcast as a fan and not as a uh, and not as an employee. But I will try to sneak you a few little tidbits from inside the front office, the little bits that I can. Um, but you guys would all be really terrifyingly bored if I were just to talk by myself. Uh, to you for an hour and so I'm gonna bring in a partner normally I would now bring in Andy from some exotic locale uh, my partner who would normally be coming to you live but for the (laughs) second consecutive week Andy is indisposed he is still studying very hard for his test Uh, we're very proud of him we expect him to pass and do wonderful things and or for him to fail and then work really hard to pass it the next time it's a tough test that's why he's taking this much time and this much uh, dedication to get the job done Uh, he should be back with us next week after the test is over we'll hear how he did Um, but in his place I have brought in another replacement this time the vice president of Scouse's house I went I went as far to the top as I could without (laughs) bugging Scouse himself and so we've got David O'Connell here tonight. David, thanks for joining us, Thank man. Thank you very much, Evan. Honored to be here again. David, has uh, you've been on the pod three, four-ish, yeah, five several. maybe times. Five yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. A good percentage. Easily the second highest percentage of anybody that's yes. not Andy or I. Awesome. Uh, I think you're just barely edging ahead of Hack, who's now been on three or four times. All right, I'll see if and, I can get him uh, And... Uh, George, I think three or four times. George nice. Davis the fourth. Nice. But uh, ultimately, I think you are our uh, highest numbered guest. So Excellent. Thank congrats. You. It is quite an honor. <laughs> <laughs> Out of sixty-five, that ain't bad. Right. So, um, and really, you were also the host of the Hidden Podcast. We talk about this sometimes that there is a podcast, there is. Uh, which the I don't remember the number that never officially got it released. Was early. It was. It was like 20, I yeah. think. It's somewhere in there where I was out of town personally, and uh, Andy hosted the podcast with David, and that podcast never got released to the public. And so... Uh, I don't think Andy even turned it in. He didn't. He never <laughs> gave it to Kenny. It really... I mean, you guys may Rough all be... You may all despise having <laughs> me run this thing. Thank you very much. We are coming to you tonight from Saints. Uh, we are here tonight uh, partially because Saints is delicious and it's a great soccer it partner really in this city. Uh, my calzone was just delivered. I'll have to sit and stare at it for the next 40-ish minutes. Me too. Um, but also because tonight, Lance McGarvey, El Oso himself, the Golden Pipes, the, 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 voice, the voice of Louisville City Football Club, has put together a little euchre club for Lou City fans. Uh, tonight is the inaugural meeting for that, and so we're going to check this out. I, I love to play Euchre. I'm excited to, to throw some cards and see if there are any people in town who uh, who are also 
card enthusiasts. I know Lance loves it, so it'll be fun. I just can't do it. Can't yeah, play, can't play cards. You're not. I, I've known that about you. We've known each other for about eight years now, something yeah. along those lines. And I don't think I've ever seen you play anything but blackjack. Yeah. I've tried to play poker once, and it was pretty much like a, after the third hand, I got really annoyed. And it's like, all right, all in. I just want out of the game. I just want to be able to walk around because I can't sit down that long. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so David will not be joining us for the euchre portion. He was kind enough to bring along. Uh, the still probably the youngest drummer in the USL, uh, Nick, who is uh, enjoying some golden tea still as we five speak. Five and a half, so I bet you. Five and a half. I bet you's got it. Now we had. I came directly from Louisville City Football Club's camp tonight, our official nice. camp, and uh, that unfortunately has a minimum age of six. Yes. So Nick just missed the cutoff. Next year, oh, he'll be able summer, to uh, he'll be able to kick it around with Mario Sanchez, a bunch of the players uh, from the team, and uh, some schmucks like me. Oh, and he knows because about once a week he has how many sleeps until he gets to go. So. Yeah, not that many more, man. Like <laughs> like three hundred and thirty, right? Ish. So he's getting close. Um, all right, we'll we'll. Let's let's dive straight in now to, right. to the most recent game. We're not even gonna flip a coin. We're gonna start with the uh, we're gonna start with the game review. Right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just knock this puppy out. We played against Loudon United FC, who is not a good team. Nope. Uh, we played at Loudon United FC in uh, DC United's cavernous stadium. Yeah, man. Uh, Audi Field is gorgeous. Yeah, it's a really neat place. Beautiful looking field, but uh, not many folks showed up yeah. for a Loudon United game. Uh, it looked from the from the uh, crowd shots, it looked like oh, thirty or forty Lou City fans, and yeah. then the however many there were. Joke about the uh, lone fan sitting behind the goal when he almost hit by a ball. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was not a highly attended game. Not a lot of energy, which I always think probably hurts the oh, yeah. uh, hurts all of the players just in terms of being able to really put your best performance out. Uh, we needed a win in this game. I talked with Andrew Oost. Andy last week was uh, of the same opinion that I was, that this would be a good game as a get-right game. Right. Sort of, uh, we hadn't even been playing badly up to this game. We just hadn't been playing well, and we'd sort of been dropping points that we shouldn't be dropping. Right. And then, uh, but okay, we're playing against Loudon. This is a pretty bad team. We'll go yeah. in there, we'll get three, and everybody will get, start feeling... Get some confidence. Start and... feeling better about themselves. That is the opposite of what happened. Absolutely. Uh, so I watched the game from the official watch party, which was at El Nepal. Uh, and it was really a nice packed house for it, I thought. Nice. You know, 50, 60 plus Lou City fans in attendance, and El Nepal really rolled it out for us. Every awesome. TV in the place was on the game. They had the audio on the game. We had the. Uh, the radio commentary from Kevin Kernan and Jeff Greer in-house. Yes. They were uh, cool. broadcasting f live from the restaurant. It was a lot of fun until, you know, the game started. Yeah. Then it was less fun. Uh, it really was. 20-ish minutes into the game, we'd played, we had what you could expect, which was that we'd have the ball a lot and that we would be uh, trying some stuff. And we had, and then uh, about 20-ish minutes into the game, they make a really nice move towards the end line, cut the ball back, takes a deflection, and it goes out into space at about the corner of the 18-yard box. And it just sat there for what felt like two minutes. <laughs> just, just like, hey, I wonder who's going to come get this ball. I wonder when the person will come into frame. Are we still playing soccer? And uh, finally, Bustamante from uh, Loudon United comes out, collects it, has time to look around, survey the scene. Collect his thoughts. Uh, collect his taxes. <laughs> I mean, he really, uh, he, had an, he had an eon 
to survey what was going on, uh, launches the shot, and it was a beauty. I mean, but yeah, when oh, you yeah. give pros that kind of time and space, they're gonna you, do it. You expect them to make that kind of shot. I mean, I'm not saying that I make that shot, but I'm saying that I can get a good one off right. if you give me that kind of space and time. Yep. And uh, he's a pro, and so he buried it off the post and in. That was a beautiful shot. I mean, it was... Nothing Hubbard can do about no, that. Hubbard at all. Still to this day, Hubbard playing out of his mind. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say that. He was the one shining piece of that game. Yeah. Hubbard, he, I'm, I'm very pleased with his performance. He's the one keeping us looking respectable right now. He is. He is. I mean, we've had a couple of games now where it's felt like we were in real trouble minus what Hubbard's given us. Right. Um, I actually said on this past podcast that the thing about our previous game was I felt like we played brilliantly and we played our best game of soccer and just didn't ever get a finish. Right. This was not that. This game was ugly. This game we didn't look like we had a... We still possessed the ball the majority of the game. I mean... But it wasn't threatening possession like it was in the previous game. That's true. In the previous game, which... uh, Who was that? Bethlehem? I think it was. No. Bethlehem. Uh, in that game, we had the ball and looked like we were going to do something interesting with it all game. And right. we kept creating interesting chances and moving the ball around a little bit. Uh, this game was not that. Was it Bethlehem? Did I have that right? You did indeed. Okay. So uh, we moved the ball around and it looked interesting and the team looked threatening and fun. This game did not have that. No, but it did not. In, in the guy's defense, it's really hard to do that with 10 men. Right. And uh, shortly after Bustamante's goal, we did have uh, Alexi Swahi, who was getting his first real run of play in a while, uh, commit kind of a needless penalty. Oh, that was needless, man. Uh, I appreciate that it came outside the box. Right. Like, I mean, he at least had, I mean, he, he clearly fouled the guy intentionally. He knew where, and he knew where he was. He right. says, I'm not going to foul him in the box. We're not going to give him a PK. Fouls him outside the box, but. Uh, it was on a ball that Hubbard had already come out for. If there is a criticism of Hubbard for that game, it's you got to let him know you're right there. Yeah, no, I would agree. Give with him that. a shout, hey, keeper, 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 I'm coming. Right. And then maybe Swahi doesn't grab the guy. But uh, unfortunately, Swahi was also the last man back. And so when you make an intentional tackle as the last man back, then right. you're going to get the red card. It was the right call. It was. It sucks. It, it was very unfortunate, but it was the correct call. It sucks, but it happens. Uh, Swahi goes out while we're already down a man. I mean, while we're already down a goal. Right. And it just felt like we... Completely deflated. It it did. And the rest of the half felt that way. Yep, it did. Where we didn't feel like we had a real rhythm. You come out in the second half and we made some personnel changes with... uh, seemed to work out. Bringing on the speed of Ownby and Hopeno directly into the second half. And it did feel like it changed things. Uh, Ownby has the goal disallowed by offsides. And it was close. Yeah. It was close. I personally, in the moment, thought it was offsides. I yeah. thought he was. Right. But uh, I would have completely believed it or respected it, seeing it both ways. There's no good camera angle, right. so we don't have any real way yeah. of saying. Uh, it was close. I you think know, that you know his opinion. I'm sure his opinion was that he uh, he <laughs> like was onside by two three opinion? feet. Uh, I haven't spoken to him, so I don't know for a fact. But uh, I've never known any offensive player who thought they were offsides ever. True. So True. Uh, it's it's a bummer that it looked like we had gotten the equalizer, and that game completely changes if you get the equalizer. Oh yeah. Even down ten men, you can suddenly just settle in and play back. Right. And. Uh, 
And I think that we would have been well suited to being able to keep them off the score sheet the rest of the game if that was the case. We still had another ball go off the post in that game. We had a couple of chances where we had runners who were a second, two seconds late. Oh, I know. That's the thing. Like the, the, the connections at the end just don't seem to be working. I mean, They're not. It's so disappointing, but we can possess. We can get good, good crosses, and then it'll just be like a couple inches from someone's foot from actually making it. Or the off story, the poster, it's just crazy. The story of the season to me is that of just barely. We've been just barely off in so much of this season, and that's immensely frustrating. Oh yeah, I mean it's not from a lack of shooting. I mean we're shooting the ball. Yeah, just not even the most, down a man. Not we the still most quality shots it appears, but I mean we're shooting. Even down a man, we still launched a bunch of shots in this game, yeah. and some of them reasonably high quality. They weren't they weren't great shots. We never forced their keeper to make many amazing saves. Uh, Taylor Pay with a real moment of brilliance oh, on, yeah. the, on the end line. Yeah. Uh, not not a penalty. Not a penalty. They, he went down too easy. In that moment, you can't try to draw the penalty. You've got to try to force the ball in. Right. And it felt like, you know, play the ball to the middle and let the chips fall where they may. Don't take a dive and hope. Uh, but by that same token, I don't remember that play well enough to say if there was anybody in the middle. So if there's nobody there and you're cornered, all right, right try to do what you can do. But it was nice to see that from Taylor Pay. And frankly, when he is playing out wide, I really like his speed going down the flanks. Oh, yeah. And it's it's interesting. And when he's playing, control, I mean, his dribbling skills, he, he and brought in, it up beautifully. And in this game, he was basically playing in the middle. Now, at that point, we had gone to a three-man back line, right. essentially because of the lack of uh, Swahi. But he was not playing really fully centrally, so he was still playing out wide then. Right. But ultimately, never get the goal, never get the spot back. And then by the 75th, 80th-ish minute, the guys are all gassed. Oh, you've been yeah. playing, you've been having to cover, you know, an extra 10% of the space that you normally don't have to cover right. for 80 minutes. And they were wiped, and uh, you're pressing everybody forward trying to get that equalizer. Yep. You give up the you give up the late goal, and then you give up the second late goal. Which, and it, God, the second late goal is just unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's frustrating, but I mean you completely get it. Everybody's everybody is wiped, and everybody oh, yeah. is also pressed forward. So right. I, I can discount those two goals without having to think what are they doing. It's still I just don't like the way it looks. No, three zero to Loudon on the road yeah, does not. I mean, it looks look worse. Uh, but ultimately, it's bad because they we didn't have a great game. There were three or four moments of brilliance, and other than that, it was a lot of just sort of slog. Honestly, it looked like a decent amount of like finger pointing was going on in the field, in my opinion. Like from TV, I mean, okay. obviously you can't hear them, but I mean, it doesn't seem the cohesion's there. Yeah, if I if I'm honest, I've seen you know I everybody I see everything online. If you're a loose city fan and you're posting oh, yeah. stuff, I, I'm seeing it, and um, I. That's been uh, I've seen that opinion bandied about right. a little bit. That uh, you know that the team looks like they're not. They're not together right now as right. a unit. And I think that that mostly comes down to losing. Honestly, I think it comes down to that they're well, I, not achieving what that, they but, want to achieve. But how do you change that? By winning. Like, I mean, right. you, it, it's, a, it's one of those things where you wish you, couldn't, you didn't have to be glib about it. Right. But when you're playing well, everybody likes each other a little better. Right. And everybody enjoys each other's company a little bit better. And when you are losing, everybody, the little things, it's sort of like, you know, with your wife. 
oh, where when things are going good, good, it's so good, and their little jokes are funny, and their little annoying habits are not annoying, they're cute. All right. And when you are, uh, when things are rough, when you're going through any kind of a rough patch, stop it. All of that stuff becomes way worse. You're absolutely right. And I, it's that way with a team. I mean, these guys are married to each other, yeah. for better or worse. For the season, for the eight months they're together, oh, they yeah. are together every freaking day. They're yep. traveling together. They're sleeping in the same hotel rooms. They are around each other for, you know, more time than I see my wife. And oh, so yeah. that is a lot. Yep. Uh, and so you're losing. It's right now, it's, it's the, I think, on the field and off the field, it probably becomes a little bit more. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, if you listened to the Barrel Proof podcast this week, uh, Paolo Del Piccolo was on the Barrel Proof podcast. He did, a, he, did he gave a great interview. Awesome. Uh, cheers to Barrel Proof. They did a really nice job. I thought that the whole group did a nice job. It's tough interviewing a player when a he's not getting to play right and wants to be frustrated and sure. b when the team's not doing well and he knows he's gonna have to answer questions about how they're not doing well i thought that taylor glenn and the ty and the gang did a nice job of you know at least keeping him real but right. also but also still having some level of understanding about you're not gonna get he's not gonna come out and be like you know this fucking guy is the problem. <laughs> right. You know, this, and we'd be fine if you know this guy wasn't here, or right. if we had this going on. No, of course that's not going to happen. But you do, you 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 feel for it. But Paolo essentially said something similar, which is the way to cure this stuff is by winning. And right. the way you win is by everybody playing well together. Right. And everybody will play a little bit better together when you're winning. And so it's a vicious cycle. Oh, it is. Um, yeah, I'm still... That's, and he, just, that's just the kick right now is that I think everyone thought Loudon was that win. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That, that's the kick. And I still think... If you don't play down a, if you don't go down a man, it does become that. I think game. even falling down one nil, we've proven, other than the Bethlehem game over the last eight weeks, we've proven that even when we fall down a goal, oh, we're, we're coming back. Yeah, we're resilient. And wow. I think we would have in this game minus, you know, kind of a boneheaded play between Swahi and Hubbard. Right. Um, by that token, we lose Swahi for the upcoming match. Uh, we're playing against Charlotte this week. Uh, now to be fair, we'll our center backs we'll out our I mean, center backs are pretty interchangeable, yeah. and so uh, Paolo gracefully declined to make any kind of commentary about the fact that Paco Craig didn't play in this last game and also was not on the team sheet in this last game. Didn't even make the trip. Wow, I didn't realize that. But yeah, didn't he have a red? Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, no. He uh, he was eligible to play and did not play. I have no information for you about why that is or how that happened or what occurred whether it's injury related discipline related performance related uh you know See, I didn't even personal problem I, related I, I, thought, I don't have any information for yeah, you. i thought he was out uh no he was he was eligible and uh, did not play the expectation would be that uh, he comes back the, I mean, I don't have any reason to suspect he wouldn't. Right. Uh, the expectation is that he comes back and plays in this upcoming game. Okay. Uh, he would probably play next to Pay in a four-man back line if that's right. what we're going to do. Um, but he didn't play in this game, and honestly, nobody played special. Right. The, do, do we know if he was at practice all week? Um, I don't know if he was at practice okay. the previous week. I can say that he was at practice yesterday. Okay. Uh, that's... That's as far as I, I can go. Yeah, I know he was at practice yesterday. No, I, yeah, I just um, wasn't sure if was public knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have any comment about how he was playing sure. or uh, whether he played the full time. Or I know he was at practice. Um, 
ultimately, you expect that he'd be available to come back and play. Right. Uh, with no information, I expect that he'll be back and that he'd play with Taylor. And that if he's not, that it's Sean Tosh. Otherwise, right. you go to a three-man back line with Taylor in the middle. Uh, we'll see. We'll all right. see. It's... The, the back line has not been the problem to me. Uh, or at least the center backs have mostly not been the problem right. to me. Uh, yeah. Um, I think the back has been a bit of the problem, truthfully. But, but I mean, uh, part of that is just because we've been getting so far forward. Right. We've had so much possession that that draws center backs and wing and fullbacks up. That's true. Uh, so you've got the ball. It's hard to it's hard to stand thirty yards away and not be available for that back pass yeah. and to recycle the ball. And so it sucks you farther and farther and farther forward. And then say what you will about our defense. It's not the fastest defense in the world. Right. Now Taylor Pay's got some speed. Oscar's not slow. Uh, Frano's not slow. I mean, the guys aren't slow. Alexi's not yeah. slow. Paco's not slow. I mean, you got to have a way of judging these right. things. Yeah. And so I'm just going to say that in comparison to professional offensive players, we don't right. have a particularly quick back line. No. And uh, so as they get sucked farther and farther forward, we've been susceptible to the break. The counters. And that's fine. I mean, and, and you take that as a par for the course. Right. When you have that kind of possession, you say, we're going to outscore guys 3-2. to two. Right. We haven't been scoring. Yeah, that's a problem. It just hasn't been getting in the net. And uh, when, when, you, when you don't score, and I've said this on this podcast before, and I stand behind it, this team is designed to play with a lead, and we haven't been getting a lead. No. The concept here is we'll get one, and then that'll separate them out a little bit. That'll right. pull them away from their own net. That'll give us extra space because they've got to attack. They, the onus is on the other team. Right. And then we'll get two while they are doing that. And then we can settle in and just play possession ball, keep away, and win 2 nothing. Like, this team is designed for that. Right. But we're not getting that first goal, no, and that is what is keeping us from having that yeah. game. We, I mean, even a couple of the games we win, we're rarely scoring first. I mean... Yeah, we've been having to come back yeah. in a lot of games. And uh, one of the games where we got a lead, we lost the lead like 20 seconds later. And uh, so you don't ever get to really settle into what this team is supposed to be doing. Right. I feel like we could very easily go on a four or five game stretch where we make that happen. Yeah. Um, Bottom line is we got to start scoring goals. Yes, we do. And we're not. Bad. We're not scoring goals. Uh, you need Maggie to keep scoring goals. Magram's got to get in there with some goals. Yeah, he's been a little bit quiet. He's I mean, gone he's, quiet he in the, the last three, four. He started the season pretty solid, man. And then, yep. Yeah, he's been a little quiet. Uh, he got one two weeks ago. Right. Uh, and but other than that, it's it's it's. It, but I mean, everybody. So right. uh, you need Abdu Jam to get on the score scorecard. Streakers, streakers, strikers can be so streaky. Uh, when you get on a goal-scoring run, you can sometimes be on a goal-scoring run for three, four weeks. Right. And I feel like if we could just get anybody, anybody to be on that. that streak. Yeah. Anybody. And I think Abdu might be a really good choice for that now that he's back and playing some real minutes. Awesome. Uh, you think Luke... Right now, at this stage in his career and the way he's playing right now and how much he's having to track back, right. he's having to track back a lot to help the midfield with the ball. He does. And with that being the case, he seems more like a uh, not lucky and not fluky, but a uh, opportunistic goal scorer. Right. Like, he's going to score goals with his strength. He's going to be in the box and be able to, oh, I've got the ball because you don't have it now, right. and uh, score goals. He's not really uh, – we're going to throw the ball up to him and expect him to create a goal kind of a guy right. at this stage. 
Like, I'm not saying he can't, but I'm saying that that can't be your real game plan. Like, what it looks like, like, on the last match in TV anyway, the fact that you said he's playing, he has to go back a little bit more and run forward. He's running a lot. Yeah. He's looked pretty gassed, man. I mean, honestly. I mean, I know the dude's in shape, and that just might be the way he breathes when he's yeah. when he's running real hard. But he just he looks like he's gassed well, out there you, recently. You don't want that to have to be what he does. He's doing it well. Oh, yeah. But you don't want that to have to be what he's doing. Right. And uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and directly comment on it. Jordan Cooper, host of the Derby City Ultra's Final Judgment, who uh, has is historically the best critic of Louisville City. Right. I think that's fair to say. I think he's the most critical, but also critical in ways that are all, are almost always fair. Right. And uh, when they're not, they're entertainment, and that's what he's there for. <laughs> right. Uh, and he has uh, put out some diagrams about uh, how we are attacking this year versus how we attacked the previous years. Right. And I don't think he's completely accurate. I think it's a simplistic view that he's taking of it. Uh, but with that simplistic view, he's not wrong in that our two midfielders, in our, when you think about our threesome of midfielders, right. our two, the previous years, have played from the back and one up front. Right. And this year, it's really more two towards the front and one yes, towards the back. And that clogs the middle and that makes you play out wide and that is what it is. But I think, to be fair, there's a lot that goes into that, such as when the defense is clogging the middle, that pushes you to have to have extra men there. (laughs) And the defense is clogging it, and we are reacting to that more than we are playing too forward, and they're clogging it to prevent us. But regardless of what you think is the cause or the problem or the reasons for any of our scoring drought, we're having one. Yeah, we are. We gotta turn it it around. It is there. I mean, we gotta turn it around, and there's no way to look at it and say that we don't, because we do. Yes. So the hope is that ultimately somebody goes on a nice scoring run or that we find a combination of players up front that works. Right. I'm going to be critical of one of my favorite players right now. Uh-oh. So I love Brian Ownby. Yeah. And I think that he brings something to our team that no other team in the league really has. He's both creative and fast. Yes, he is. It feels like he's sort of run into a trap of getting to the byline and not having a plan. It's like he's he's beating I'm, guys. I'm gonna outrun you to nothing. Basically, I'm right. gonna I'm gonna run faster than you. I'm gonna get the ball into the Which corner. Which he does because he'll collect the ball 28 yards from goal, right. and then just go. And instead of ever making any moves back towards the center. Now to be fair, there are usually center backs there, and you right. don't really want to run into them. But he'll get to the corner, or he'll get to the uh, to the end line. And then not have a way back. Right. Seems like he's putting the ball into the side netting a lot, yes, or uh, or crossing it into you know obvious traps. That being said, what two weeks ago he had one of the best crosses I've seen. Or no, does three, uh, three yeah. weeks ago against yeah. Hope oh, with for man, to open that it. was awesome. But he also he also launched that ball from probably 15 yeah. yards away yeah. from the end line. Right. He didn't let himself get there and be trapped right. by the edge. Yeah. And, and almost to the point where teams are using his speed against him. Right. And I'd love to see that stop. It, it's not simply a race. You actually have to do something with the ball. Right. And so, uh, and I think that we were really hoping and expecting that Brian Ombi would score more goals than he's scoring. Right. And he's not. And so that's one of the places where I think if you're looking at the offseason about how are we going to play this year, we're losing Cam, we're losing Ilya. Where are the goals coming from? That's 36 goals yeah, that are just leaving. What are you going to do? How are we going to get those goals? And I think that the big expectation was Abdu's coming in, he'll get some. Right. Lucky's coming in, he'll get some. 
And when you take Lucky out, the same thing holds true for Hope and Which Lucky did pretty good. Lucky he, I mean, had four or five, which right. is not a great rate, but at least right. it was production. Right. And Hope and O's got one thus far. And so between them, five, six goals, right. which is fine, but it's not 36. No, absolutely not. And, uh, and you got to think that they're essentially on the field taking the place of, say, a George Davis, who was playing those minutes mainly. Right. And George Davis, I think, had like seven last year. So it's not like they're crushing right. his numbers out of the water. Uh, and then you had to think that Abdu was going to come in and get some goals. Right. Uh, and so you're bringing in guys, but mostly you had to think Brian Ownby's production is going to go up. Right. And Luke, as the starting general everyday striker, will get some percentage of that back. Luke has not been a big scorer. Ownby has not been a big scorer. Magram has picked up the most of that slack, uh, but he's basically just making up almost exactly what Ilya gave us. And unfortunately, that's faded its head the last couple games. Right. But, I mean, he's still on a pace to end up the season with 12, 13 goals. Right. And if he ends up with 12 or 13 goals, that's essentially what Ilya gave us last year. Exactly. And then, But that means you're still missing all of Cam's production. Right. And that's that's a lot. That's a lot of goals. That is a lot um, of goals. You need some people to step their game up. And uh, I'm, I'm personally saying I want goals from Brian Ownby. Goals. Yep. Uh, I the, mean, simply not just Brian Ownby. We need goals from the team, period. But yes. Yeah. So the Loudon game, we're hopeful that between... A draw, and then a loss to Bethlehem, and then a loss to Loudon. That we are at the nadir of the season. Yeah. That we have reached the bottom. Yes, we are officially rock bottom. And that we find a way to at least start the climb back up. Now you'd love it if we jump back up, right? And you come out and you freaking wallop Charlotte, and then you wallop whoever's next. That's a tall task. It is. But at least let's start getting points again. Let's get back into the habit of getting points. This is another road game. It's a second road game in a week. Charlotte's played a lot better. We'll start moving into our preview. Charlotte has played a lot better since they made their coaching change, which is not shocking, seeing as how they went from a coach who didn't coach soccer <laughs> to a coach who coaches soccer. So they've improved that's shockingly. Insane, dude. <laughs> um, and so that's not – that makes sense. Uh, yeah. There are three players that always stand out whenever you're talking about Charlotte, and that's Herrera. And the Martinez's is uh, Enzo, the least, the most punchable face in uh, USL. Yeah, honestly. So, well, Evan Loro's is the most punchable face. Oh, and there's, then, there's uh, a few. Enzo I can't, I can't is pretty really bad. judge. There's a lot. Yeah, Jochen <laughs> Graf used to have one that really sort of, oh, God. <laughs> i hit you. <laughs> uh, but at least he was cool. Uh, he was a jerk on the field, but the minute the game ended, he was a lot of fun. Well, These guys are totally not much that, fun at all. You're allowed to have that switch. Exactly. Um, but uh, Loro and Martinez don't really seem to have that to me. They just sort of seem toolish all the time. <laughs> but no, it's constant tool. It's three good players between the Martinez's and Herrera, and they're the three that you really got to keep your eye on when you're playing against right. Charlotte. We'll go into that game, and I mean, it's assuming we don't get red cards. Right. <laughs> so that that being said, those are the three you got to look out for. They're doing this podcast on their side. Yeah. Who are the three they're looking out for from us? Right now, they are saying you got to bottle up Magnus Rasmussen in the middle of the field. Don't let him have any space. Don't let him make any runs. Don't let him do anything. Right. And then you're saying force whoever the wings are as wide as possible. Right. That's what they're saying. I mean, if, if I'm them anyway, that's right. what I'm saying is. See, that to me. But that's a great question. We've that, never that, even really that, talked about that. That to me is part of the issue, though. 
because you had three names on their team that are significant threats that you know are going to be in the match. Yeah. You had one on our team, and you can't yeah. put a specific to the other two. That's like, true. To me, that, that's an issue. Yeah, we don't know who our real 11 is, and right. that is an issue. But, I mean, that's been a little bit injury and a little bit turnover in players right. bringing in Hope and o. It's hard to say whether or not he's fully, fully integrated with the squad yet. you got to remember, these guys had played 15 games together. Oh, yeah. And they had had a training camp together. And a lot of these guys had played together for three, four years before that. Exactly. And so it takes a little while to sink in. Um, The hope is that we get there, you know, in the next five weeks. That you find that that team, that this is, these are our guys. Right. And then you go as fast as you can towards the playoffs. Yeah. That's and the thing. Like, we got to just stay playoff eligible, please. Yeah. And then, at typical fashion, I mean, let's hope we come together toward the end of the season and really mold, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's not what a, what, where you want Lucidity to be right now. Right. Going into Charlotte and thinking, man, we got to get a win. We, right. we need to get some points. I... Yeah, all right. Now, you all know me a little bit. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are this isn't the first time. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I, I don't disguise the fact that I'm an optimist fan. Right. But I'm an optimist fan because this team has proven to me year after year after year oh, that I good. can be optimistic. Right. I uh, completely agree. And I, uh, I'm still optimistic about this team. I'm frustrated. Oh, no. I'm, I, I'm I angry. I have not discounted the season, dude. I mean, I there is plenty of potential to make great runs. I'm, I'm just... I don't want to... I'm just nervous about the current state of the team. The, the form is bad. Right. And I don't want to ever make it. my uh, rose-colored glasses seem like they're permanent. I get more pissed off than most of you when we're playing badly. I walked out of El Nepal and nearly forgot to pay my bill because I was just trying to walk out. <laughs> I just want to go home. I don't... I, I hate losing, and I, while I'm watching the games, will place and assign blame to absolutely everyone. Uh, but I try to before I come on and do the podcast. I try to reassess and think, like Paolo. Yeah, well, like Paolo said in his interview this week, and I thought again, great job, go listen to it. But uh, you know, it's all eleven guys and the coaching staff. It's everybody right. together. You can't just be like that was one dude's fault. No. I don't care if it's the head coach. I don't care if it's the striker. I don't care if it's the goalkeeper. There are so few plays in the history of soccer where it was only right. one person's right. fault. Because usually if the other team has the ball, that means that somebody did something wrong. Right. And not just one somebody. Somebody didn't get open. Somebody, even when you flub a pass, a bad pass. Even when you flub a pass. It's like, okay. They made a normal pass back and you flubbed it and they got a goal out of it. Well, why was why didn't the keeper come and step up and help? Right. Why didn't somebody track back to help? Why was the pass having to be made in the first place? Was it because nobody was making a run going forward? And right. so that's why they made it. There are a million tiny, teeny details that go into absolutely every play yes, and trying are. to assign blame. I usually, despite in the moment assigning blame, I do try to... Which I do assign in the moment. Absolutely. 100%. It's like, that was... Stop doing that! Uh, but, I mean, ultimately, individual plays are that way. They're starting to get excited about Euchre over there. Yeah, you guys can probably hear the official uh, voice of uh, Lou City talking in the background. Uh, and I'm excited to play, so we're not going to keep this that long tonight because there's not a lot to say about the form. It's been not good. No. We need it to be better it's in Charlotte. It's a Saturday night game at 7. 
And uh, my hope is that we come out ready to play. Uh, Hack has talked in the last couple of interviews he's done about wanting to have urgency from the beginning. We've fallen behind in eight straight freaking soccer games. That's amazing. We need to come out with crispness and energy right from go. But more than anything, we need to get a damn goal. Yep. Just get a damn goal. They can't score first if you score first. Right. That right there was wisdom that provided was, that by was me. Pretty amazing, dude. Uh, they can't score first if you do. And so let's let's go out and get some goals. Uh, do Man, you, that'd be nice. Do you have a prediction for the upcoming match? I'm going 2-0 Lou City. I think they're going to do it. 2-0 Lou City. I love it. You got one goal scorer for me? Uh, I think your boy Ombi will grab one. There it is. Uh, and I'm, on, I'm hoping I'm hoping I'll grab one. I, th- I want him to get on a hot streak. I want him to get, I mean, that one goal he had was beautiful. I if, mean, if we start terrifying people with the two speed burners down the edge, yeah, can you imagine? if they start getting goals, it just changes the entire dynamic it opens of the, up the middle. It changes the entire dynamic of the whole field. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, I like that prediction. I think I'm a little concerned that we're not quite out of this yet. I don't want to say I don't think we'll I don't think we'll lose, but I'm saying I think we may not get a convincing victory. And if we don't get a convincing victory, I think you'll still hear the boo birds and the and the sad sacks and the worry warts all still talking. I think we'll get a result of some kind, whether it's a tie or a close win. But uh, I'm not positive we're fully past the. We're not fully there. I'm not sure. So that's. I'm, I don't think you turn it around in a night or in a week. Right. I just want to see steps in the right direction. And uh, so we'll see. I got a positive feeling about it. I do. I, I hope I, you're right. I stand. By I my had words. one last week, and now I'm I'm gun shy. I had one last week too, but this week they're on it. All right. Last week was their lesson. I think they learned it. I think. Uh, I bet you that kicked something. Like you said, dude, that was that was rough. I mean, I think that sparked something in them. All right. Well, here's hoping. Yep. Uh, you got any purple stuff left? Let's, I do let's indeed. Have some purple stuff. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Saints knows purple stuff. I'll tell you that. Oh, they sure do. Um, all right. So news and notes. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the well here and say uh, we are up to season ticket sales for 2020, and we are selling them. Uh, the people who were the first... It's so exciting. The first 360 ever season ticket purchasers have now had their... Who have consistently ha- held their seats uh, are uh, now... They've all now been able to purchase tickets. Yeah, that's awesome. They've had that option too. I can't give official numbers. I can't give official anythings. What I can do is say they've been going very well. Awesome. Uh, season ticket sales have been as good or better than expected uh, we hope cool. that that continues I want it to be one of the hardest tickets in town to get wouldn't that be awesome and after the season ticket holders I want it to be really hard I want us to be able to be like we're part of an exclusive club of season club. ticket holders and uh, so I strongly encourage you if you are a season ticket holder don't worry all the seats are good you're not going to get screwed into a seat yeah, that you place don't looks want. So amazing. I was I took the tour again twice today actually just uh, oh, just, yeah? just to do it. I like it. <laughs> and so uh, you pick your seats, you get into your spot and uh, just just know that if you're in the stadium you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, yeah, some of the cheaper seats, some of the uh, cheaper is the wrong even term. The right. less expensive seats are uh, are going at a pretty good clip. You know, if you want a seat and you want it to be cheapish. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, it's going Supporter quickly. Supporter zone style. Supporter zone is still pretty good because that's no seat. 
You're standing. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of open area. Right. And so, uh, supporter zone, you're in really good shape. But I encourage you, if you have a time scheduled, use that time. Get in there and it's, I mean, get in there and get going on it because yeah, I don't want any of our biggest supporters and biggest fans to be the people who get left out in the God, cold. How disappointing would that be? Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, you have got your time coming up on. I think I'm Saturday. Saturday. I say I got to look at it. And you are going into the waterfront supporter zone. Is that Absolutely. Correct? Which Absolutely. Uh, otherwise known as Scouse's, Scouse's house. house. No question about it. I will 100% be in that section. So as will my wife and son. Love it. Uh, we got big news about another one of our major sponsors for next year that nice. will be uh, the main bar back there. Whoa. Um, I'm not allowed to announce that sort of stuff. That sort of stuff the, goes through. The main through. bar, like, behind... The, the, one, the one under, under the, the scoreboard, TV? yeah. Okay, right that's, on, right uh, that's a sponsored bar. Wow. And uh, the sponsor has been selected. I think I'm allowed to say that we've selected them. I'm not right going to say who it is. Oh, yeah, but, uh, not. I'm not allowed to make those announcements, but I can say that uh, in the near-ish future... You'll start seeing some of the major partners announced. Right. Uh, some of our biggest sponsors and the biggest partners going into the new stadium are going to be announced soon right. rather so, than so late. Are we coming close to like an actual name? Um, some do, of our major sponsors are going to be announced soon. <laughs> right on. Some of our major partners will be announced in the near future. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, yeah, it's exciting times. It's really exciting. And uh, I think people are going to really like it. When uh, when the stuff comes out, it, it'll be an adjustment period, but uh, oh, I think yeah. people will really like yeah, it. Yeah, it, it'll be different for sure, and it'll take us a few games to work out uh, the correct march pattern and all that. Well, stuff. that's one nice thing that we are definitely doing, which is we're going to be doing dress rehearsals. Oh, so nice. one Great. Of the, part of our contracts with. Uh, AEG, who runs our facility for us, right. and uh, Levy, who is our food and beverage partner, okay. and uh, the the people who work at those spots and the construction team, or yeah. the contractors, Messer Harmon, is that you do a couple of dress rehearsals with the lights and with the cameras and with the everything before we really open the stadium. And so we'll have a chance to do that, and the discussion has been that we'll try to do with the... With the uh, extra pieces which is Scouse hangs flags right let's get out there and hang the flags make sure we know how to get awesome. in the stadium yeah. where you're going to store them all that jazz yeah. the Coopers have got to set man, up the group I gotta, I'm not going to lie I'm so excited about the storage like Absolutely. the fact that we can actually keep some stuff there Absolutely. is so awesome it's going to be great and uh, the Coopers set up drums we got to get out there and oh, yeah. set those drums up make sure we know where they're going the capo yep. stands where they're going and how the people get up on them everything about it is we, you need to test it and no, uh, it sounds like we're going to get the chance to have at least one dry, uh, one dry run on all of that. So It's very exciting they're going to do that. Now, I didn't know that. Now, that's a ways away. We'll oh, obviously yeah. have more information about that when we get I close. I submit my name to be one of those people. Understood. <laughs> Understood. I have a hunch that as the vice president of one of the supporters groups, you'll get a, uh, you'll get a shot at it. <laughs> you'll get a shot at it. Um, so that's fun news about the stadium. Um other news from around the league I'm trying to think uh, it is league owners meeting time right now down okay. in uh, Tampa at the league headquarters so the owners and team presidents are all down there right now uh, for us that's John Neese and Brad Estes down there representing our interests they've got a whole bunch of stuff on the agenda uh, oh, sure. I, I don't have the details of what that stuff is but I can tell you that you know you'd have to expect uh that the stuff that comes out of these meetings ends up affecting people. 
So, oh, I mean, yeah. it was a meeting like this where they decided to go from just USL to USL Championship, USL oh, League wow. 1, USL no League 2. Way. It's this wow. kind of meeting where big things can yeah, happen in these. When you get all the owners uh, about who's going to be in what divisions next year and who's going to be in what conferences next year and wow. all of that. So it's, I didn't it's know the big. owners actually got to pick that. That's, that. That is great. Now, to be fair, I don't know that they got to pick it so much as they make recommendations to Jake oh, Edwards yeah. in the league office and right. that they make those choices. That's, that's, I kind of but these are the so. kinds of big meetings where that stuff gets discussed and hammered out. Cool. And so, uh, so they're down there now, and hopefully whatever deals they're making and whatever suggestions they're making are going to be ones we like. I don't think we're there yet, but it would be a meeting like this that okay. would result in ProRail uh, when you decide that USL League One is ready to go into a promotion relegation status. Right. We're not there yet. I think we're two, three years away. But it would be this kind of meeting where they make those kinds of decisions. Let's, let's try. And so... And what would define something like that? Do you even know? Uh, what? What would define, like, a higher-tiered team? Like, what, what do you... What do you have to do to get there, I suppose? Well, the, the that would be part of this. Now, in most leagues around the world, it is the top three teams from the lower division go up, okay. and the bottom three teams from the top division go down. Right. And that is most Gotta leagues. Uh, and it encourages the teams to try to stay competitive and right. not just be yeah. happy to collect their checks. And it also makes games at the end of the lower leagues really exciting because oh, they yeah. have a chance to get up and uh, compete with the big boys. And makes it nerve-wracking time for the bottom teams where people are excited about those games because yep. you want to show up and hope your guys don't go down. Exactly. Uh, it, it creates a lot of excitement. I am unambiguously pro-rel within the USL. Oh, yeah. I am skeptical and curious about how pro-rel would work adding in MLS. But we're nowhere near that. I was going to say. We're nowhere near that kind of conversation yet. But we'll get there. Uh, Scouse's House News. I know that we are still strongly encouraging people to sign up for road trips. Uh, yes. Scouse, Dave Thomas, David O'Connell, Steve McGuffey, they are all assiduously collecting information about people who want to make road trips to St. Louis, to Charlotte, to Memphis, to Nashville, to big games. In St. Louis, there's already Van Reserve. Uh, the Coopers are in collaboration with that as well. Uh, so we're going to try to get a bunch of people to go up to that match, definitely. And so that's exciting times. Uh, if you are even remotely considering going on an away trip, go. It's a blast. And it. I wouldn't be where I am today working for the team, hosting a podcast, being a former important member of a supporters group, if I hadn't gone to a couple of away games. Right. Uh, the re while I was on those trips is when I met the people who made me more passionate about the team. It's when I formed relationships with the team and with the supporters and with the whole culture. It's how I got to be excited about the club and that I burrowed that excitement and funneled it towards oh, yeah. being here. But uh, these games are the ones that do it. Home games are great. It's an awesome atmosphere. Oh, yeah. I love the tailgate. I love the games. But it is a completely different feel. Like, one of my fondest memories of being a Louisville City supporter, period, is when we were in Cincinnati watching a match. Mm -hmm. And we were winning. And they had that huge section just yelling at us, going crazy. Yep. And we had all the pride in the world. Us against the world. I mean, it, it was so, it's so much fun to be away. Yeah. Even if you're not playing that well, the adversity is it's kind of fun it when is. you're away i mean you're gonna get heckled expect it yeah but it's a blast it's a it's an us against the world mentality and it's a it's a hoot and usually when you're walking out after the match everyone's super cool with each other again yeah i mean even, even in cincy i mean it we was don't, mostly we don't really like way. each other and yeah. we walked out and they were most people i talked to were super cool you know yeah 
Uh, I agree. Um, in terms of Scouse's House news, uh, I'm going to make the uh, the push for memberships. Uh, yes, definitely. I made this push. I made this push last week. I'm going to do it one more time. I'll give you the abridged version this time. If you go to games and if you sit in one of the support sections, I don't care if it's the Coopers or Scouse's House, if you take advantage of the atmosphere that they help to provide, be a part of it. And right. being a part of it doesn't just mean cheering. It means cheering. Oh, it definitely means cheering and showing up to the matches. But it also means they spend money on flags. They spend right. money on drums. They spend money on smoke. They spend money on merchandise. They spend money on away donations. trips. And they do a crazy amount of donations and uh, charitable work. And be a part of it because that's what it really means to be community. And so if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're a, a proud, proud supporter. Absolutely. Support the supporter groups because... Frankly, we wouldn't do this podcast if we hadn't raised money last year. Like we had to do that in the first place. Making better in the community, making the community better all together. Agreed. And with the donations and things we do, that's how we do it. Agreed. It, it so has to happen. If you haven't joined one, go out and join one. Join both. Join absolutely. Do, do it, or make your own. I, I happen to know that I suggested that either last week or the week before that yep. we need to get going. Uh, on you know, there doesn't just need to be two supporters groups. Oh, no. There are there are clubs around the world who have 15, 30, 50 supporters groups. That's the thing. That's the thing we've been talking with the Coopers a lot about. Though we are one supporters group. Like we are all one huge entity fighting for the exact same thing. Yeah. We just have slightly different flags and slightly different ways of going about. Right. It. Slightly different ways of going about it. But we are all there for the same goal. Who and cares how many there are? It's not a competition. Yeah. It is a relationship that we work with each other. And there are rumors because I'm starting them right now. Get on it. Of, uh, of a third official supporters group Yahoo! that is going to try to be in uh, operation for next year. Very They're cool. going through the process. It took Scouse a long time to get through this yeah, process. It uh, it's not an easy one to, to, to meet all the requirements, no, but there not. is a group that is in progress of trying to make it happen. I'm wishing them the best of luck. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, I hope that it great. goes really well because the more there are, the better it is. Absolutely. The more culture we can create, the better it is. Um, I don't have a whole lot else, David. Do you have much else on your agenda? Scouse's House news? Or? I really don't. I don't. I don't have too much news right now. Unfortunately, I was on vacation last week, so this is I, nice. I was kind of out of the loop. I stayed off social media. Where'd I you go? Off, uh, I was in northern Michigan, uh, hanging out on a lake. It Actually, in the UP or no, just northern in, in, the, in the top mitten. in the top of the mitten. Okay. Yes. Uh, Traverse City area. It was wonderful. Nice, yes. nice. I was not on vacation, <laughs> and uh, that is that remains the case. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I've got nothing to add either. Nope. I think that covers everything we need. I'm gonna go see if I can't, uh, you know, get the left and the right bower and uh, crush some fools at Euchre. Crush them. But uh, I can only ever think of one way to end any Lou City podcast, let alone a Scouse's House podcast, right. and that is by saying, Go City! City!